Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode of the HR Chat Show, we're going to hear from Alex Schubert, CEO and co-founder at Espressa, a firm helping to define and ignite the HR tech space to disrupt culture for good. Alex brings an extensive history in executive management to his leadership of Espresso. Prior to founding Espresso, he served as the CEO of Guji FS, an NEA-backed startup in the food tech space. As co-founder and CEO of Virage Logic, a semiconductor provider based in Silicon Valley, he oversaw the company's highly successful performance and acquisition by Synopsys. Alex is a member of the Band of Angels. He is on the industry advisory boards of Santa Clara University and the fantastic, wonderful, I'm terribly biased, University of Toronto. He holds an executive MBA from Stanford University, a BS and MS from the University of Toronto, and a PhD from Santa Clara University. Alex, welcome to the show. Now, you're co-founder at Espressa. Talk to me a bit about the, the, the genesis of the company. How was it conceived and, and what's the mission? Uh, I was on the board uh, as kind of an advisor of a company called Odyssey, and the founder of that company was uh, Raghavan Menon, and it's a company in a video and photo storage, uh, you know, and he's a kind of an amazing software architect. And uh, that company was bought by Google, right? So after he worked at Google for a while, uh, we go have dinner and, uh, you know, chat about things. And what was interesting is what, what he did not talk about. Uh, he did not talk about their self-driving car project. He did not talk about their amazing uh, search tech and uh, massive data centers. But what he did talk about is their uh, employee programs and how well they take care of their employees. And you know, we have other friends working there, and we know Google is a great place to work, but when somebody was there in my face for two hours uh, talking about these programs, you know, I took note. Um, and, you know, went home, kind of just resonated in my head, and I, I said, this is, this is very interesting. Uh, let me call him back. And we started having uh, meetings in, you know, in the evenings and over the weekends, and I started doing more research. And I was trying to figure out what companies are doing, what other companies are doing in the space, and how they take care of their employees. A couple of things surfaced. So first of all, even at Google, uh, things were not perfect. I mean, it's a very, very fragmented deployment of these employee programs. You know, go to this website, you know, sign up on this on this uh, Google Doc, and uh, you know, it's just very, very manual and fragmented process. And Obviously, they have an army of people managing these programs, right, because they have a lot of money. Talking to other companies, they have less resources, and uh, they can do, they, they're obviously doing a lot less. So he left Google, and uh, we co-founded Espresso, and uh, we help companies with all their employee programs, you know, dealing with employee experience and employee engagement, and hopefully making it a lot easier for companies to deploy these programs and, uh, and create great work experience for their employees. Now let's switch gears a wee bit, Alex, and talk about your platform. Uh, you describe Espresso's culture benefits as modular and bolt-on. So for our listeners, can you paint a picture of what those modules look like, how they impact the workplace, and how they work standalone or indeed in, in concert? Yeah, yeah, sure, Bill. So first of all, you know, we, again, we're looking at the, at the bigger picture, right? There's a... Um, 
you know, there's some key industry forcing functions, right? There's war and talent going on. Uh, the HR teams are, uh, are trying to create a great place to work. They need to retrain and attract new talent. And, you know, they're working always under budget constraints. You know, HR is a cost center, so it's, it's only how, how well you can control the cost. So what the Spresso did is we looked at all of these programs and we kind of at the highest level segmented them into the following. We, put, we call it total well-being, uh, total community, and total recognition, right? So this kind of or, overarching theme for Espresso. And then we've developed modules to support these programs. So for example, uh, employee resource groups, our ERG module, uh, rewards and recognition module, uh, well-being and fitness, achievements and challenges, uh, reimbursement and allowance management, and finally events and uh, scheduling and attendance tracking. So these are kind of the six core components of our system. And what happens, the clients uh, typically will identify, especially the larger ones, will see, okay, this is an amazing module. We'd like to deploy that. And as they deploy it, they might learn about the other ones and, and we expand in the company. And then with smaller companies, we actually see that, uh, you know, they have less infrastructure, so they actually deploy almost the entire platform and kind of turn on, easy to use, easy to access. So, uh, you know, that's how we work with our clients. And just finally, I just want to mention that, you know, the entire platform was built with feedback from our clients. So there's no, no not all companies are built the same. And there's always a use case that uh, we learn about and we feel like, wow, that's an amazing use case. If we solve it for this client, uh, we'll work with other clients as well. And, you know, Great example is Pinterest. You know, Pinterest is a is a heavy user of the system, and you know they had a very very interesting um, uh, you know ways to deploy the platform. We learn from that, and uh, the platform continuously grows. Features are added, so you know that's how we deploy the program. How that's how we deploy the platform, and we help companies build a great place to work. Awesome, thank you. So you briefly mentioned Pinterest there. I'd uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from you about any other clients that you can talk about and how Espresso have, have made an impact on, on their company cultures? Yeah, it's, it's funny. The reason I mentioned Pinterest is just last week, <clears throat> we've done a, a case study presentation with them at the uh, event called the P150 National Summit. It's a fairly large HR meetup event, um, over 200 people. And uh, what, uh, what they've presented, and actually they were on stage with me presenting uh, the case study, is that they have, uh, in their world, they've built a fairly uh, elaborate program of, um, of these employee programs or a fairly elaborate deployment. And they view it as kind of four main pillars. They call it uh, being well body, being well mind, being well community, and being well financial. Now, underneath, their, their major, the major pain points were, were that they had to manage a lot of uh, point vendors uh, it was difficult to track which programs were deployed properly, which programs had, you know, good utilization. And the information for these programs were just living in many, many channels, you know, intranet, you know, Slack, various documents, various uh, wiki pages. So what they did is they deployed Espresso to kind of put their hands around it. And now we've been, we're managing about a dozen uh, vendors deploying close to 100 uh, service providers, and they're doing that nationally. Right, so they're deployed in, uh, uh, in in the entire U.S. We just started their international deployment in Dublin, and uh, they're deploying it in probably in another half a dozen cities in uh, in the next year. 
So what that allows them to do is allows them to kind of put their hands around the system. So what is interesting is once they've put everything through Espresso, they, they come up kind of a few interesting takeaways. First, they realized that they're actually doing events uh, on the average more than four days a week. And on the average, they're doing almost two to three events per day. So as you can imagine, that's a lot of activity to be tracked, right? So Espresso provides them a very clear uh, analytics on which events are popular, which classes are, are, are you know, having tractions, what's overbooked, where, what things are not working. They're putting, they may be putting budgets towards programs that actually they're not getting good feedback on. And Espresso allows you to uh, get feedback on any program you're deploying almost instantaneously, kind of like an Uber experience, right? So if you went to a nutrition seminar, you can quickly rate it four or five stars and you can add a comment. You know, it changed my life or, or you know what, I was sitting in the back, I couldn't hear anything, and it is a terrible, terrible speaker, right? So, you know, instead of doing surveys, they have instant feedback after every program. And then they look at the analytics. They're saying, okay, well, these programs are doing well. We should do more of these. Uh, let's double click on this one. And, uh, and figure out why it's not working. So that's, uh, you know, again, amazing experience with uh, working with Pinterest for over three years now. Um, I just want to mention they have a couple other in very interesting programs. Again, this is fresh in my mind because we just talked about it last week. Uh, they have a program called NeatCon, and it's a by employees for employees. It's a two-day event. They have about 80 little um, meetup conferences that employees themselves are presenting. And just think about putting that together, having uh, employees discover what they want to go to, sign up for events, finding out where to go, and then for the providers to get feedback on how the event went. Uh, so that's an exciting event that Pinterest is putting together for the employees. And uh, similarly, they just had a women at conference. Again, had dozens of events and allows them to figure out um, you know, who is interested in what, schedule of this activity. And, uh, and allow employees to uh, participate and drive the culture this way. So kind of in summary, what they, what they told us is that, you know, typically you, uh, when you manage these programs, you kind of think about, okay, well, uh, maybe you spend 10, 20% on strategy, you maybe spend 20, 30% of actually, um, you know, figuring which programs are working or not. And finally, you spend about, you know, a majority of your time on administration. And uh, actually, Alice Pinterest, you know, she said, look, we helped her flip the pyramid. Uh, now they can concentrate more on strategy and use the technology of the platform to administer and help deploy all of the programs that they're doing. So kind of in a nutshell, uh, you know, we're helping companies kind of do more with less. That's really the, the takeaway. Perfect. Thank you. And listeners, we may have found our title for this episode, Flipping the Pyramid. I quite like that. Now let's talk about some key industry trends and how Espresso is helping with those. Firstly, can you tell us a bit about uh, how Espresso helps with the war on talent? Yeah, sure, Bill. So, uh, you know, when you talk about the war on talent, it's kind of, you have to look at it from both sides. So first of all, you already have employees that are working for your company that are being sought after by other employers, so you would like to keep them. And then you're trying to attract new talent into the company. Now, let's talk about the first part where you're actually trying to retain employees that you have. You have to create an amazing work environment for them, right? And that is not easy. And why it's not easy is because you now have multiple generations, you know, five generations working together. You know, everything from boomers to X, Y, Zs, and 
and so on. So uh, there's no one program that fits all the profiles. So you have to be creative and you have to create programs that can engage all, all of these employees, right? And then finally, if you have a great place to work, then employees will have good reviews about your company, right? They'll tell their friends uh, what we call the uh, the company NPS will go up, and that will improve the, the the feeding of new employees into the company. So, by creating a great place to work, uh, you you engage employees that are already working for you. Hopefully, uh, there's now a higher barrier for them to leave. You know, for example, if you have ERG programs, uh, they might create you know it might they might find friends that they've never had before. And when you leave a company, you leave your friends behind. That's just one example. If you're being, if you're being well recognized, you know, you, it makes you feel good about yourself and what you're doing. It means people are noticing it. You know, that's a hard place to live, right? So there's many, many things that you need to do to make sure that you're keeping the talent that you already have and not propagate into a great name for the company. You, you start climbing the various great place to work lists and not reduces friction when you're trying to onboard new employees, okay? Just your name becomes more exciting. As someone who uh, often works remotely, I get to interview people all around the world, uh, sitting from, from my desk, whether that's in Toronto or elsewhere, but I can do it remotely, so I'm quite passionate about this. I'd, I'd, I'd love for you to share with our listeners now about how Espressa helps companies who have distributed workforces. Yeah, this is, a, this is definitely a very, very important talk topic for uh, a lot of companies these days. You know, just as an example, uh, one of our clients uh, had an initiative that they need to hire about a thousand people in the next 12 months. And their initiative was to have 80% of that work, new workforce to be working, uh, you know, remote from their home offices or from some very small offices across the country. So that's a real fact, uh, right? So companies are trying to uh, as, they're, uh, as they're seeking new talent, uh, they're now creating opportunities for employees to work from home and from small locations. Now, why is that, you know, again, why is that, why are they doing it? Because there's some data that shows that, uh, you know, the retention rates are better by maybe as much as 10%. There's also lower cost of operation with, uh, you know, instead of building huge facilities in, in big metro areas, you can, you know, those are very expensive facilities, so you have people working from home that reduces your cost, right? So <clears throat> the expectation is that in the next few years, more than 50% of the U.S. workforce, for example, will be remote. And that's huge. That's huge, right? So now when you're dealing with the remote workforce, uh, you know, how do you make sure that they also feel the love and they're engaged in all the programs that the company is building? So, for example, the headquarters might be offering an amazing gym, and they have yoga and fitness uh, and, and, and other events, you know, how do you make sure that the remote workforce is also connected? So as an employer, you have to think about what programs you can deploy for your remote workforce. And as an example, Espresso helps companies with uh, a wellness and fitness um, reimbursement and allowance management, right? So uh, a, an employee working from a small town USA uh, you know, they can actually use one of our partners, you know, companies like ClassPass or, or, or Headspace and access these uh, well-being programs accordingly at a, a, in an easy way. Or maybe there's a local yoga club that they want to go to or, or local gym. They can just create a reimbursement. So you can see that doesn't matter where they are, they can connect it to the company's uh, well-being initiative, right? Or, for example, 
if you have, uh, if you're recognizing employees, well, recognition is kind of location agnostic. Uh, if you're sitting on the phone with an employee working from a remote location, they may be on the video chat. While you're talking, you can issue a, re a recognition for them just right from your mobile and say, wow, what a great job. You've just uh, awed this customer and, and thank you very much, right? Again, these type of programs are location you know, uh, agnostic. And uh, even, uh, even if you have uh, employee resource groups and clubs, you know, you need to figure out how to connect the remote employees into those systems and into those programs. So, for example, having some of the events, you know, maybe there's a luminary speaker, well, you need to add uh, a webinar or some video technology to it, and our platform then helps you coordinate time zones and, you know, has the links to the video calls. So you always try to bring the remote employees into the fold. So that's just uh, some of the examples that address the this key challenge of, yes, remote employee population is growing, but companies have to do something to make it productive and efficient. And another key constraint, another key challenge, and uh, I'm sorry to bring this back to money, but it's a reality, is it, is is budget. It, so for our for our uh, HR leaders and maybe some of our CFOs who are out there listening today, how does Espresso help tackle budget constraints? Uh, yeah, budget, uh, budget constraints are always there. As I mentioned already before, uh, HR benefit schemes are cost centers and, you know, they, they're basically, they're measured on, you know, how much money they can save and how much they can do with less. So it's, they're, they're, it's almost like, Every HR person I'm talking to said, what is your challenge? They said, how can I do more with less budget, right? So that's an underlying theme. So as a result, if you can deploy more programs uh, with less budget, and it, that includes two things, right? It includes your management overhead, right? You have a small team. Uh, you have maybe three people. Well, we know that HR teams are always, always um, uh, you know, there's not enough resources, and, uh, you know, they're working long hours and it just it, there's no end to it right but there's always well we need to do more we need to have more programs you know we want to be a great place to work we want to grow on the best uh you know top uh, list of 100 companies to work for so but you know the budget is constrained so uh then you, you, you kind of look at it's all about technology right technology has to help you uh drive some of these initiatives so that's where putting things on the platform and letting the platform kind of manage some of these activities Understanding where the dollars are going, so looking at which programs are not having traction and maybe redeploying the budgets accordingly, right? And uh, getting feedback from employees saying, okay, we like this, we don't like that, right? So that's really the, the, the big part of uh, operating on a constrained budget and, and doing more with less. Okay, thank you. So HR professionals out there, they, they recognize the value of these programs, I'm sure. Um, but there are still potential roadblocks to, to adapting them in a seamless way so that uh so that they can use a tool like espresso while doing a whole bunch of other things can you maybe can you maybe list some of those challenges that hr professionals are, are facing yeah it's uh it's definitely part of the uh, kind of same discussion the roadblocks are you know they don't have typically don't have enough resources to do everything that they want to do right and at the same time um the executive team is pushing you know, to build an amazing company and, uh, you know, they want to be recognized, they want to have high NPS scores. So, and, and, as, and we said also, you know, dealing with multiple generations in the workforce, all of those are big, big, big challenges, right? So when, when you deploy a program, uh, you know, you want to make sure that first of all, the, 
the you know I'm just throwing examples you know things like you know reimbursement and allowance management right that they know that uh, that's a great program to have but how they're going to manage it you know there's going to be all these requests you know I've submitted the receipt I'm not getting paid you know when is when is this going to happen so whenever you deploy a program you want to make sure that you can really execute on it and make sure that the employee experience is going to be amazing and actually you're going to be then recognized for deploying this program. So it's all about finding partners uh, in the industry that can help you. And again, you know, uh, sorry to kind of plug Espresso here, but, you know, we pride in the fact that if we work with a client, we always want to be the client uh, uh, effectively a reference for us in the future. So if we deploy a program with a client, we'll make sure they have an amazing experience and we have delivered to the efficiency and the metrics that we set up front. So, you know, if we deploy a reimbursement allowance management, we want to make sure that it's 10x simpler than if you know if they did it manually, and also we have a capability for them, for example, to outsource it to us, so we can do the approvals of all the claims and, and manage the reimbursement program. So the challenges are, you know, these programs require resources, uh, they require attention, they need to be announced, communicated, set up, and then you need to figure out if the employees are excited about them or not. So you need to get feedback, and partnering with a company like Espresso helps these challenges by automating all of these processes. Uh, you know, we have an amazing customer success team. We do monthly and quarterly business reviews and actually come up with best practices and figure out what's working, what's not. And this is really our, our goal and, and how we build the company. Okay. Now, as part of my homework into Espresso prior to the interview today, um, I had had a look at some of your amazing partners. Uh, oh my goodness me, you work with some awesome partners. Uh, let's see here. Apple, Airbnb, Amazon, Fitbit, 24 Fitness, uh, the, the list could go on and on and on. Can you tell me a bit about some of your partners and how they help add value to Espresso's services? Yeah, uh, sure, Bill. So obviously, you know, we can't do everything ourselves, so we need partners. And we have some, as, as you mentioned, some of the best partners in the world uh, helping with our uh, delivery and fulfillment. So not all programs require partners, right? If you, if you launch employee resource groups and clubs, okay, that's a community that's built within the company, and that might not need partners, right? Uh, if, you, if, you met, if you're just doing reimbursement, well, it's just processing claims that you might not need partners. But if you want to launch a wellness and fitness program in your company, uh, you know, you'll need, uh, you need providers. You need people who will come and actually run the yoga and Zumba classes or do personal training uh, or do meditation, right? And we now have national providers that can launch a wellness and fitness programs uh, anywhere in about three weeks, right? So that's an example. Uh, we have uh, great companies, like you mentioned, like companies like uh, ClassPass and 24-Hour Fitness and, and Zemo Headspace, uh, they actually work on a global level, and uh, pretty much, uh, you know, we have a discounted um, programs with those uh, companies, and and employees basically access that directly through Espresso. They don't need to generate more receipts and and generate more paperwork. So that's that makes it easy. And finally, there are partners that help us fulfill uh, the rewards and recognition programs. So, for example. Uh, you might give somebody a peer-to-peer -peer reward. Well, there's no monetary value, so that's just great. Thank you very much. Great job. High five. But you might provide something like a you know a $25 gift card. Again, that's fairly easy to deploy. You know, we have uh, you know gift cards uh, are are very simple. 
but the, but more exciting is things like experiential rewards, right? So you want to give somebody maybe a trip to the wine country or a spa for two, and then as a result, we have partners like Cloud9 and Airbnb experiences that can fulfill those as well. So again, <clears throat> we created a, a we have a collection and a portfolio of partners that help us deploy these programs, and it makes it very easy for uh, our um, clients to kind of turn on uh, the, the, the feature of the platform that has a connection to these providers, and again, makes it extremely seamless and, and, and an amazing experience for the employees. Alex, you're not going to believe this, but we are already coming towards the end of this interview. Just the last couple of questions for you. Um, what, what's on the horizon for Espresso then? What, what's new? What's coming up that HR pros should know about? No, sorry to hear we're coming to an end. I was just getting excited here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, from, uh, yeah, if you look at the horizon, you know, our, our roadmap is fairly aggressive um, as we build out this comprehensive plat- platform in the last almost five years. There's, uh, you know, we continuously collecting new use cases and new capabilities. So uh, just a couple of, uh, you know, not making product announcements here, but a couple of interesting things that we're working on is, uh, for example, obviously there's just tremendous amount of noise, you know, companies de- deploying hundreds of programs. All of that needs to be communicated. So what we're looking at is uh, we're looking at, at employees' behavior. We're looking at what they like. For example, if they're already going to wellness and fitness classes, well, they probably want to hear about more of those. Uh, you know, if they if they don't have a car, you know, why advertise to them that there's a car wash coming on on site or you can, they can refill the car, right? So you can think about that. Uh, we can learn about the employees' behavior through kind of AI and say, okay, they might be very very interested in a specific program. And actually, if you just keep communicating to them about something else, uh, they'll be completely turned off. And then what happens when they get turned off, and that's a major challenge for, for all HR teams, uh, they're communicating a lot, but they'll tell you that uh, employees just delete those emails, and they'll eventually tell you they never knew about it, right? So uh, that, that means, you know, having more signal and less noise, and that's something we're working on. Uh, the, other, the other exciting thing that we're working on is that because we have a lot of these programs kind of connected together and we know what employees are doing, we can now create uh, programs that kind of traverse these modules and these themes. So for example, uh, we've created something we call a new hire challenge, right? So yes, you can always do a challenge for things like step challenges and they've been around for 20 years and uh, make sure you're, you know, get your employees to be fit. But you know, only, only the employees that are fit are typically participating in those, right? So there's not a huge value. Now, if you create a new hire challenge and you say, okay, we'll help you get integrated into the company a lot faster, well, how do you do that? Well, you know, make sure you go and join one of the uh, fitness programs, you know. Why don't you provide a reward to one of your colleagues uh, that maybe appear to peer recognition because they helped you with a project? Uh, why don't you go and explore one of the local sites next to the campus, right? Uh, or maybe take a tour of the factory and take a picture of the factory, right? Or maybe join one of the uh, diversity and inclusion initiatives, you know, one of the ERG programs, right? So now what you're doing is you're really creating a challenge which is very much in line with the company culture, and you're accelerating the adoption of the company culture by having those employees join those specific challenges, right? So these are some of the aspects that you're going to be hearing from us in the next year, and uh, this technology, you know, is, is getting... You know, the development team uh, headed by Ragavan is, is, is 
totally amazing, and these use cases are just getting uh, released on a, in, in, a, in, in a continuous way. Okay, and I always like to finish with uh, with asking our guests how how our listeners can learn more about them. Before I do ask you that question, however, Alex, I just want to add to that, listeners, that um, uh, you can check Espresso out in person. I believe Alex is going to be in Toronto on November 26th at the Innovate Work Summit. Uh, so you should totally come along to that and chat with Alex and the team at the booth and uh, they're going to be doing a short presentation as well in front of the the, the whole audience. Alex, beyond, beyond that, how can our listeners uh, connect and learn more about Espresso? Yeah, sure, Bill. So first of all, uh, thanks for uh, hosting us in uh, Toronto. As you, as you guys know, I'm a UFT grad and uh, I, love, I would love to visit. I'm lo- I really love visiting that event that's coming up. Um, you know, we do have clients that are using us in Toronto, but this kind of will be the first time uh, presenting to a large community of HR, uh, HR execs in the Toronto area. So I'm very excited about that. Of course, you can visit our uh, website, espresso.com, which we just released this Monday, a new version. Congratulations to our marketing team uh, led by Sylvia. Sylvia, great job. Uh, beautiful site and uh, a lot of the technology that I talked about mentioned uh, great articles, uh, user guides, and uh, uh, an activity on the platform. So please enjoy that as well. And yeah, we're, uh, we are participating in various uh, HR meetups and events, just like the Innovate Work. I already mentioned the, the Peer 150. Uh, that's a national, it's coming to be an international event that we are participating in, in most of the locations. And uh, actually, we're going to be in London in February as well. So we are uh, trying to, to travel as much as we can uh, and, uh, and meet our clients and uh, promote and uh, expose our technology. And I would love to meet with you guys when, again when we're there in Toronto in, uh, in a few weeks. Hopefully, you're also adjusting the weather accordingly, Bill, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm currently skitting between the UK and uh, Canada. So right now I'm enjoying lovely rain and cloud in the UK. And then I get nice, cold, but bright blue skies next week at Innovate Work. Um, Alex, we are at the end of this interview. Before I say thank you very much, uh, you did mention the awesome Sylvia there. Uh, Sylvia Flores, who's head of brand and culture at Espresso. Listeners, um, in a couple of months, you can also hear an episode that I'll be recording with Sylvia, um, and we'll be we'll be delving into more of the wonders of Espresso and employee engagement and company culture and lots of other important topics. But for today, Alex, that just leaves me to say thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks, Bill. Really appreciate it. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.